Hey, good morning, Crossroads. Uh, we want to thank you for joining us here this morning. Uh, for those of you who are joining us online, I want to thank you for tuning in. Of course, if you're not joining with us this morning or in the foyer, please stand up and worship with us. We raise praise to our Heavenly Father.
welcome this morning to Crossroads Ministries as we're praising God this time of year. Good morning. Have a seat. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good to be with you. We're glad that you are all here. I want to welcome our guests in the house. Welcome our guests joining us online. And listen, it is Christmas time at Crossroads. Amen, right? We love that. And listen, I want to share with you this past week, Thursday and Friday, we had a concert and dessert over in the gym. Charles Billingsley was here. And listen, we saw people open up their hearts to Christ. So can we thank God for that? That's that's wonderful, and that's exciting. That's why we exist. Listen, that is our mission, to bring people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. That's why we exist. That's why we are putting on these, you know, welcoming artists to come in and share the gospel. That's why we talk about Christ every single time we meet, because he is the reason why we gather. He's the reason we exist. So we thank God for what he did on Thursday and Friday. Be praying for those people that open up their hearts to Jesus. 
I want to share with you that our Christmas Eve gatherings are going to be 2, 4, and 6, so please plan to join us for one of those and just be with us. Uh, We we get together as a church family and just celebrate Christ as we celebrate Christmas, and so it's going to be uh, identical uh, candlelight gatherings, 2, 4, and 6, so please plan to join us. Invite someone to join you, and it's going to be an awesome time with our church family. And then on Christmas Day, 10 a.m., 9.30, 9.30, you'll be, uh, too, you'll be early, nice and early. 11 o'clock, you'll miss it. So that's, that's the mantra, right? But 10 a.m., join us on Christmas Day. And then New Year's Day, 10 a.m. as well. We will not be having a New Year's Eve uh, service uh, on Saturday, but we will be having a New Year's Day gathering at 10 a.m. So Christmas Day and New Year's Day, 10 a.m., please plan to join us. And it's, gonna have, it's just going to be a great time as a church family. As we won on Christmas Day, we just celebrate Christmas, our birth of our Lord and Savior. And then on New Year's Day, as we welcome in the new year and just ask God to help us as we jump into 2023. Yes, it's happening. Uh, and then I want to also share our birthday gift to Jesus. Uh, listen, our goal is 100000 And look, what God has provided is 54500 So thanks be to God for that. It's awesome, wonderful. And uh, we're just continuing to pray about our part. And how we can give the most to Jesus this Christmas season than anyone else on our birthday, on our on our Christmas list as we give to the birthday gift to Jesus. So please uh, just continue to pray about your part and just watch what God's going to do. And he's providing for us and providing for these missionaries. It's incredible to see what has already come in. And just we're going to just see uh, God provide above and beyond what we can even possibly imagine. So I also want to say thank you for giving uh, just on top of that, giving uh, just regularly uh, by the grace of God and giving online through the mail and the boxes on the wall. If you'd like to give to the birthday gift of Jesus, you can you can give online or you can give by the envelopes in front of you and just designate to the birthday gift of Jesus. And uh, we're going to watch God provide and it's going to be amazing. We're going to celebrate everything that he does uh, because it's by his hand. Church, as we continue on this morning, would you stand as we continue on? Father, thank you so much for this church. Thank you so much for uh, just loving us, for sending your son Jesus, uh, Lord, to this earth, to this crazy, crazy, chaotic earth, uh, Lord, to, to, to put on flesh, to walk, uh, to walk among us, and then to go to a cross, and then to defeat death on the cross three days later, to rise again, and, and, and Jesus sits at the right hand of our Father. Lord, we, we just think of the power and the truth that we have in front of us, given your word, Lord. And we just ask that as we open it up this morning, Lord, you'd speak through Ken, you'd speak through the music, God, that all of us would just continue to just wrap our heads around, wrap our hearts around what it means to follow you. Lord, we need your Holy Spirit to guide us, to teach us, uh, to, to correct us, to, to comfort us, to counsel us as we uh, just, just continue to follow Jesus in this life, Lord. And so today we've got today, we've got right now. And so we're going to worship you uh, with this time that we have. Uh, and Lord, this gift of this time that we've been given right now. We thank you for the many people on Thursday and Friday at the Charles Billingsley concert that opened up their hearts to you, Lord. And we just ask now that as your church, Lord, that we would be able to pray for these people and just wrap our arms around these people and help them grow uh, as they walk far and walk uh, and follow Jesus. Uh, Lord, we love you. We praise you for this time that we have. It's all for you. And we're just going to commit it in the name of Christ. Amen. Till from heaven you came 
Glad to be back with you this morning. Last week I was uh, <clears throat> I was sick. I, that's the first time I remember missing 
Sunday to preach because I was sick. So I attended church online for the first time ever. Wasn't that cool? First time I got to lay on the couch and watch Pastor Luke preach. Wasn't that a great message last week? Thank God for Pastor Luke stepping up to the plate last week, man. I said, Luke, I'm not allowed to do it. I got to lay down. I'm going to die here on the couch. So I pulled up, and I'm watching Pastor Luke. I'm watching the songs. I'm watching everything. And then after our church was done, I attended City Church Newcastle online. Josh Watts is on our birthday gift to Jesus. I pulled him up. I was watching him. So I text Josh. I said, hey, it better be a good message. I'm watching today, all right? And so he got up, and he said, hey, Pastor Ken's watching. I'm like, don't do that when I text you, you know? So uh, he did that, and then I pulled up my buddy in Avon, Indiana. So I had enough church for one day. That was enough, right? So I'm glad to be back with you guys. It's wonderful. Uh, I, I miss our church family. This is part of my life. This is my life here. This is our rhythm together. You are important to me, and I'm so happy to be back with you. <clears throat> Just a few things here this morning. I love Christmas, don't you? Christmas is a fun season, can be a lot of fun. I remember when the kids were little, I just lost my mind all the time with them, you know, the gifts and all that fun stuff and, and just all the, all the traditions that come around with Christmas. I always enjoyed that. But one of the greatest things I've always loved about Christmas has been the birthday gift of Jesus. We've tried to make this a big part of our family. And to this day, I believe my kids are, are, are they participate on their own. And they, they give to Jesus. They give a gift to Jesus over and above everything to, to, to the Lord. And so I just want to bring you uh, onto this gift here, this gift list. All these gifts are going to go out to all of these people here. One of them here, you'll see the Timothy Initiative. It's about halfway down the page there. Um, says that we're planting 15 churches in Nepal. That's in the 1040 window. It's uh, where, where the gospel is not prevalent by far. And so we're going to be planting 15 churches for that little bit of money. Every $300 will plant another church. And so obviously you don't go out and build a building with that. You don't pay salaries with that. What you do is you go out and, and you, you tell a few people about Jesus and you buy Bibles. And you, and you get printed materials into their hands. And then they go out and they tell more people. And they'll meet under a tree. So one church is meeting under a tree. Another one's meeting down, down in, uh, in somebody's basement. And they're all over the place. And so there are thousands upon thousands of that happening. So we've, we're planting 15 more this year. We planted 15 last year and the year before. So we're close to about 50 churches or more. I'll have to get the exact details. Isn't that exciting that we're able to be a part of that? Yeah, let's thank God for that, man. We, we, it's a wonderful, wonderful opportunity. And, and then, uh, then my friend from Ecuador, you know, we're going to be taking our missions trip to Ecuador this summer. We're going down there in June. We're going to go visit with Daniel Gonzalez. And so he and I, we keep in touch. I, I have an app on my phone, and I talk to him all the time on there. So uh, he sent me a greeting for our church. And I just want you to uh, hear this greeting all the way from Ecuador this morning. Of Library, dear friends of Library Baptist Church, we want to send our readings in this Christmas time. In Ecuador, we have a special song called Villancicos. This is one of those songs for you. One, two, three. Con mi burrito sabanero voy camino de Belén. Con mi burrito sabanero voy camino de Belén. Si me ven, voy camino de Belén. Si me ven, si me ven, voy camino de Belén. Tuki, 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 tuki. Tuki, 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 ta. 
Apúrate, mi burrito, que ya vamos a llegar. God bless you in this Christmas pastor care and family and library Baptist. We send our love to you in this special Christmas time. God bless you and Merry Christmas! Yeah, you gotta love it, right? Toki toki too. He is a he is a bundle of joy. He's got energy, and uh, and I'm so happy to hear from him any time. He's uh, he's all. How about him standing in front of the green screen with a little snow flurry coming in front of him? There's no snow anywhere near him, so he he's trying to relate to us. I guess I don't know. So we thank God for those guys. We thank God that we have this privilege to do this, and I'm thankful that you're giving. And as we pray together and give together, we're going to exceed this goal. Amen. We're going to exceed it and go far above and beyond. So today we are we're continuing our series. We're going to wrap up our message series on Christmas, the gift is waiting. We've been talking about the greatest gift is Jesus. And we've been looking at the gifts that the wise men came and they brought to Jesus. Remember, we learned a little bit about the wise men. We said that like the picture you typically see on your postcard, on your, on your Christmas card of the three camels, just like that picture, that's probably not how it happened. It was likely an entourage of wise men that came, an entourage of security with them, because three guys on a camel wouldn't be very intimidating to King Herod. So they came in. It was an entourage of these wise men. They came in, and they came in. We also learned that they were a hereditary priesthood tribe. They, uh, they were in charge of acknowledging kings and advising the kings. They were known as the kingmakers. Uh, they didn't show up on the night that Jesus was born, they came sometime later. And so, um, and we see that in the passage that we've been studying. But, you know, it makes it a little bit tough because at Christmas time, we put this, this next picture up here. I put this up, you know, my wife puts this up every year. We've got the manger, you've got baby Jesus, you've got Mary and Joseph, and then there's a shepherd boy over here, and then there's these three wise men. And I'm like, well, Rhonda, the, the wise men didn't come. They came like a year, maybe two years later. She goes, well, it doesn't matter. They're going up anyhow. You know, you just got to put them up, right? And so what it is, it's, it's our way of just encapsulating this whole picture for us. And so we have this picture for us of the wise men. And so they came, and it was likely much more than three of them. This entourage comes. It scares Herod. Herod is threatened. The throne is, his throne is threatened. So he comes in, and these guys come in, and they, they give him gold, which week one we looked at. He was the king. Last week, frankincense. Pastor Luke shared with you, he's our high priest. He's God. He intercedes before. He intercedes for us to the Father. He's ever making intercession on your behalf. And then today we're going to look at myrrh. And so, you know, it's kind of an odd gift. That's the first point in your notes this morning. Myrrh was kind of an odd gift, but it's also one of the most inspiring gifts. And I want you to catch that. It was an odd gift, yet it was one of the most inspiring do you ever get an odd gift? Anybody ever get an odd gift for Christmas? Somebody give you something? Yeah. Do you ever give an odd gift? You know, I'm known for doing that. I have, uh, I have these, these um, and I think I might have told you before, I have these nephews. They live in Goose Creek, South Carolina. How would you like to live in a town named Goose Creek? You know, you thought Finleyville was a name. Goose Creek, right? Living in Goose Creek, South Carolina. And, uh, and, and they always, you know, I send them, we send them gifts down. They always expect something a little bit odd from me. So I went down, you know, we're packing up this stuff. Of course, we got them some gifts, but I always get these crazy things. So I went down here to Dollar General, and I found cans of Vienna sausage. 
So I took them home and I wrapped up the Vienna sausage into the, into the basket it goes, right? Into the box it goes. Found sardines and mustard oil, right? Wrapped them up, put them in there and ship them off. And then they're opening up and they're like, what's wrong with Uncle Ken? What's wrong with this guy? They're, you know, they're like, they're, they're like they're, the parents are calling us to say, why Vienna sausage? I'm like, why not? You know, it's, you know don't, don't be upset with the giver. I just was being kind to you, right? Well, it's an odd gift, right? Sometimes you're going to give an odd gift. Well, the, the myrrh was a bit odd. I want you to think about this. When a baby's born, what do you typically get? They typically come, they give you diapers. They give you formula. They give you uh, cookies and, and make meals for you, right? I saw this one little cartoon. It said, after the wise men left, the wise women showed up with cookies and cakes and, 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 and diapers and all that stuff, right? Um, listen, the, the, typically when a baby's born, you get all those type of gifts. You don't get gold, frankincense, and you certainly don't get myrrh. Yet this myrrh, as odd as it is, is very inspiring for you and I. Let's go back to the passage. I'm going to read the passage again so we just put the whole story back together. Matthew chapter 2. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, and they, they, you see it's in quotations there, they, they quote from the book of Micah, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it was written by the prophet. In Bethlehem of Judea, it was written by the prophet, but you, Bethlehem, and the land of Judah are not the least among rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time that the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, and he said, Go and search carefully. Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring word back to me, so that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with his mother Mary and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So what is this myrrh? What is myrrh? Like myrrh is something that, uh, that, that we don't use too often, unless you're into essential oils. You know, it's probably some of you have essential oils and some of that stuff around, um, and you, you, you use it for different things. I was looking up online. You can buy myrrh in an essential oil. I was looking. Even CVS sells myrrh. You can find it at CVS. I don't know what you'll do with it, but you can find it, right? So as you look at this, myrrh, back in the I want you to look at this. Myrrh goes all the way back to the 2nd century B.C. and even maybe as far back as 6th century B.C., 6th millennia B.C. And so I want you to think about this here. Myrrh, was like, uh, myrrh, like frankincense, was a resin that came from a tree or a plant. It was an aromatic resin, so it had a lot of smell to it. 
a very sweet smell, pleasant smell. And it came from the reddish gum from a low-lying, low-growing, uh, low-growing thorny tree in that part of the world. The extract from the branches of that tree, the substance that came out of it, yielded a very pleasant smell and hardened into a resin. That was myrrh. Now, if, if you were to look it up in the Bible and define myrrh, you would find that myrrh is mentioned a total of 17 times in the Bible, 14 in the, in the Old Testament, and 3 in the New Testament. Um, it, was a, it had a, an incredible smell, and people loved the smell. Uh, the people thought it was a very fragrant, positive smell. Um, and the Hebrew word for, for this was more. Uh, we, we would say it like more in the Hebrew. Remember, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, so it was more. Um, for, for Eng, uh, in English, we say myrrh, but it was more in, in, the, in the Hebrew in the Old Testament. The Greek word, however, in the New Testament, so the, the New Testament is written in Greek, that word it comes from the word, uh, if you look up and you were to say, what's the Greek word for myrrh? The Greek word is smyrna. Now, there was a city named Smyrna. It was about 30 miles north of Ephesus, and uh, that town was known for its export of myrrh. And you go into Revelation chapter 2, you'll see uh, the, the letters written. It says, to the, to the angel of the church of Smyrna. Smyrna was that place. It was, uh, it, it, it's, today, you would go on the map and you would find it in modern Turkey. Uh, Izmir is the town. And you would recognize this man from this town, Aristotle Onassis, all right? I'm sure you know that name, right? Because he was the man who married Jacqueline Kennedy, Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis. That was the town from where he was from. Uh, what were the uses of myrrh? So we see that a little bit of the background. We see it's been around for, for a long time. But what were the uses for, for myrrh? Well, in the Old Testament, we see in Esther 2.12 that, uh, that it was used as a beauty agent. Esther 2.12, each young woman's turn came to go into King Ahasuerus after she had completed 12 months of preparation. They had to go, the women had to go through a preparation to be with the king. Uh, according to the regulations for the women, now look here, for thus were the days of their preparation appointed, six months with oil of myrrh, and six months with perfumes and preparations for beautifying women. Ladies, that's the ultimate spa treatment, isn't it? Six months of myrrh. Six months of the spa treatment being pampered and getting ready so that they would smell good for the king. Um, you know, I remember going to buy perfume a few years ago for my wife. I went into Sephora. Anybody ever go into there? I mean, you know, when a guy goes into Sephora, it's, it's scary. I went into Sephora. It's like the day before Christmas Eve. And I go in there, and I'm like ready to sneeze. It's like, you know, every I can't smell. It all smells the same in there. I'm like, oh, I pity the people who have to work in that place. It's like, oh, it's killing my head. I'm, I get a headache when I come out of there. And I go in there, and I'm walking around like I have no clue what I'm doing. And I'm just kind of, mm, mm. And finally, a lady comes over because she could tell I was scared to death. And she goes, can I help you? I was like, please. Well, what do you want? I want a gift from my wife for Christmas. Well, what does she like? I'm like, I don't have a clue. I don't have a clue. And so she takes me over and she gets the sampler pack. And there's like 12 little vials of these perfumes. She goes, you just take this home and your wife will be so happy. She can pick her own out. And then when she likes the one that she likes, she will come back and we'll give her a full bottle. I was like, sold. And I go back every year on Christmas Eve, and by Christmas Eve, they're gone. 
But I'll tell you what, that, 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 that's what this was. This myrrh, had a, it was used back in the Old Testament as, a, as very much for beauty, very much for perfume. Look here, it's a perfume for a king. Psalm 45, verse 8. All your garments are scented with myrrh and aloes and cassia out of the ivory palaces by which they have made you glad. So the king was sent for a king. Uh, over in Proverbs 7, 17, we see the, uh, the, the writing here. It's in, in very poetic form. It's of the, uh, the seductress trying to seduce the young man. And she says, I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. You know what that means. Hey, this is smelling pretty good. Our sheets are perfumed with Tide. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh. Song of Solomon. Oh, boy. Song of Solomon. Do you know that whenever the Jewish children were growing up, they were not allowed to read Song of Solomon until they hit bar mitzvah at age 12? Because there was a lot of uh, interesting things in there. So I want to encourage you, like, go home and read it. It's really fun. Um, Song of Solomon. Here he is. The, the, he's, uh, when Solomon the groom says to his fiancée as, <coughs> as she rides in towards him. She says, who is this coming out of the wilderness? <coughs> Excuse me. Who is this coming out of the wilderness like pillars of smirk, smoke, perfumed with myrrh and frankincense? There's the frankincense from last week. Perfumed with myrrh and frankincense, with all the merchant's fragrant powders. Uh, it was also used as an analgesic, you know, as a painkiller. Some people in certain parts of the world, they, would, uh, they believe it for toothaches. You could take it for a toothache. Uh, for sprains, for minor aches and pains. Uh, if you go over to Mark chapter, five, uh, Mark chapter 15, 23, you'll see that it was used <coughs> as a painkiller for Jesus. They offered him a painkiller on the cross. Then they gave him wine mingled with myrrh to drink, but he did not take it. When Jesus was on the cross, he was paying the price for our sin, and he was not about to be numbed whatsoever. So they mix this myrrh on the cross and they give it to him to drink. So it had, it had properties of, uh, of numbing. It had pain-killing properties. It also is used in modern times as an antiseptic. <coughs> Excuse me. It's used as an antiseptic in modern times. Certain places still to this day use it in mouthwashes, toothpaste. Some even use it for say that it presents gum disease. Um, but the primary usage in the New Testament that we see was really as an embalming fluid. You look here, uh, the Herodias, the, the ancient Greek historian, he said that Egyptians used myrrh to embalm the inside of the body cavity before it was entombed. The Jews also used myrrh to treat the outside body. But I want, you, I want you to catch this because when Jesus died on the cross, excuse me, A little tickle today. When Jesus died on the cross, look what happened here. Nicodemus, John 19:39. Nicodemus, who at first came, Nicodemus, who at first came to Jesus by night, also came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pounds. They brought. Excuse me, guys. got your attention, didn't I? It's the myrrh. I can smell it. 
Nick. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good dad. You laugh at your own jokes. <laughs> Man, I've got a tickle. I need a cupcake or something. Wasn't that a nice surprise when you walk in the door and see cupcakes everywhere? That's how I came to church, man. I've got water. What do you got? Wow. That's a loving daughter. Give her a hand. Wow. <coughs> Wow. I really am okay, guys. I just don't know. <laughs> it's dry in here, this air conditioning. Anyhow, so Jesus, who at first, uh, I'm sorry, Nicodemus, who at first came to Jesus by night, also came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pounds. Now, when Jesus, he was taken off the cross, here comes Nicodemus. And Nicodemus, I love how John says this. He says, Remember, he's the guy that first came to Jesus at night. John chapter 3. This was the religious leader who was in hiding. Didn't want nobody to talk, know that he was curious of who Jesus was. Comes to him and says, what must I do to be born again? And so he, he has this conversation with him. Later on, after Jesus dies, this man finally comes out and he's helping to bury the body of Jesus. Helping to get him entombed into, into, the, in, into, the, in, in, into the cave. And Nicodemus, who was first there, that's the guy. He brings a mixture of myrrh, a hundred pounds, a hundred pounds. You want to talk? Like, this is pretty interesting. It was, a, it was a substance here that was associated with the early part of Jesus' life, and now it's associated with the end of his life. It's a, it's a very powerful thing here because we see it at his birth and we see it at his death. And furthermore, myrrh is so interesting because ancient rabbis associated myrrh with, with sacrificial death. And here's how they did it. Because Abraham, you'll remember in the Old Testament, Abraham gave, Abraham was up there ready to sacrifice his own son. And God stops him and provides the sacrifice, provides the substitute. That mountain that he did that was on Mount Moriah. It's the same word, more. That's where it comes from, Mount Moore. Like we would call it Mer, Mount Moriah. That's what the, the root of that word Moriah is. So the ancient rabbis, they would look at that word, and they would, when they would hear more, Moriah, that, 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 that Hebrew word, more, whenever they would hear that, they would associate automatically Abraham almost sacrificed Isaac and the sacrifice was about ready to take place, but God provides the sacrifice. Um, so they think of it about the sacrifice of a father of his son. Not only that, but I want you to catch this. When Jesus died on the cross, he died on, on, on Mount Calvary, which scholars believe is right in the same area as Mount Moriah. In the same place, so in the very same place, so whenever you see this word myrrh, think about the, the depth of its meaning. Think of the depth of where it came from and all the history that has come with it. When Jesus receives myrrh there, whenever his parents receive this myrrh, it comes to him and they are, they are blown away by it. And it's kind of, a, kind of a, a different gift. It's kind of odd because whenever... You're getting those gifts and the diapers and all that. Well, the gold is pretty cool. 
wow, anybody will receive gold. Frankincense, at least it smells good. But that was what they used for the priests. Is Mary really catching all this? Is it really happening in her mind? Is, she, is all the picture coming together? And then myrrh, embalming fluid? What? That's what they treat the dead with. And so she humbly receives the gift. But she had been given this from the angel, Matthew 1, 21. And she will, she will bring forth a son. And she will call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. How would this Jesus save his people from their sins? She's mom. She has this baby. The virgin born birth. And now she says, he's going to save their people from their sins. She's thinking he's going to be the king. These wise men come, the magi come, they give her myrrh. It's another sign, another symbol. Over in Luke chapter 1, verse 31, it says, And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and his name will be called Jesus. This myrrh was a prophetic foretelling the gift of myrrh foretold the death of Jesus. I want you to catch that in your notes. Myrrh was a gift that foretold his death. It told about what was to come. It told about the end. You know, we are saved by the death of Jesus. I want you to catch that, folks. We are saved by the death of Jesus. You may enjoy all the red letters of the Bible. Jesus had an incredible teaching ministry. How many have a red letter Bible at home? You know, you look it up and you see the red letters. Those are the words of Jesus. Let me tell you, those were powerful words. But the most powerful thing about the life of Jesus was when he died on the cross and he paid for our sin once for all forever. And if we don't have the cross, if we don't have what he did on the cross, then the the Sermon on the Mount, you wouldn't be able to live that stuff. Then all the good teachings that he gave, you wouldn't be able, it wouldn't be able to do anything because you'd have no power When Jesus died, he paid for your sin once for all forever. This was God in the flesh, 100% God, 100% man. The scripture says, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. That means the only one generated from God himself. We're adopted into the family of God. Jesus was the only one generated from the Father. And he takes and he says, I'm going to send him to this earth. He's going to live a perfect life. He's going to, he's going to never cuss. Imagine that. Growing up, he never cussed once. He never once said, I hate my neighbor. He never once did anything wrong. And he goes to the cross and he pays the price for you and I. Jesus was the only person ever born with the mission to die. I want you to catch this. He was the only person ever born with the purpose of dying. That was his mission. He had a mission on the cross that was his whole reason to live was to die and pay for your sin. And when he died and paid for your sin, it changed everything. The whole, all of history would, would be hanging on the balance of that day when Jesus paid for your sin. He paid for my sin. He was the only person to ever, uh, uh, to ever live with the purpose of dying. When we look at the manger, we must overlook, we must, oh, we, we must not overlook the cross. 
We've got to look at the manger and we've got to see the cross. The purpose of the crib was for the cross. When we come together and we celebrate this, this wonderful season, remember that when Jesus was born and he lived and he went to the cross, that was not plan B. That was not something that just happened. The Romans took him and, and seized him. No, it was the plan of God. Revelation 13.8 refers to Jesus as the lamb slain from the foundations of the world. Man, this is powerful. He says that one day everybody's going to bow down and worship him. The lamb slain from the foundations of the world. So this just didn't happen in 33 AD. This was a plan from eternity past. And God had it from the foundations of the world that he would take and sacrifice his son for you and I. As we look at the cross, I want you to consider this today. Um, there, there, was a, there was a painting by, the guy, by, the, uh, by a guy named William Holman Hunt was known as the shadow of death. And in that painting, he has painted, he portrays Jesus as standing up in his, wood, in his workshop because after Jesus' earthly father, Joseph, after he passed, Jesus took over the workshop. And he shows him in the, in the, in the workshop and he has him standing and he's got his arms stretched out open as if he was done with the day's work. But he had a saw and the, you see the saw laying down there. And then you see the shadow coming from behind him, forming a cross on the back of the wall. And you see the tools on the, on the wall. And so it's kind of in the shadow are the tools of the carpentry. And then, then you see laying down on her knees is Mary. And she's opening up a treasure chest. And in that treasure chest are the gold, the frankincense, and the myrrh. And what it tells us, folks, is this. We must look at the manger and see the cross. Everything about Jesus, you must see the cross. If you come and you say, wonderful Christmas, the manger, and don't know the cross, you've missed it. The cross is everything. The cross is why Jesus came. I have a picture here of a manger with a shadow of a cross. When you look at the manger, I want you to think of the cross, for this is the greatest gift that was ever given. As a matter of fact, the scriptures tell us that this is the indescribable gift. Look what happened whenever Jesus was dedicated. The, uh, like we dedicate babies, his parents took him to the temple for a dedication. In Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 34, we see a man named Simeon. And Simeon, he was so happy, he was so excited about Jesus. I mean, he was like, I can't believe it. I've seen this answer to the scriptures fulfilled, I see the Messiah in my lifetime. And after he dedicates, look what he says to Mary. Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Jesus would come. And I want you to think what would be so piercing here. Piercing even to the heart of the mother. I want you to think about this. Here's Mary. She's dedicated her baby. Later on, the, these wise men show up and they bring this myrrh. Simeon says, it will even pierce you also. When your baby's born, 
I want you to know what's going on in your mind. I'll never forget that, man. When our kids were born, I come home from the hospital holding little Carice, who just gave me a cough drop. Good daughter. Good daughter. Holding that little baby. And as I'm holding her, you know what's going on in my mind? Lord, what will she look like as she gets older? Please let her look like a mother. I'm holding her and I'm rocking in a chair. We had a rocking chair. I'll never forget holding her and saying, God, do something with her life. Use her for your glory. May she grow up to honor you. And I start thinking, God, what's college going to be like for her? Where's she going to go to school? What's, what's her life going to be like? And then I started praying, Lord, give her a husband. And I'm still praying because they're getting married here in February. John's back here running sound, so he can shut me off at any time here. So that's there. So, yeah, I, it comes and goes. And I'm holding that little baby. I'm praying over her. And then little Kara comes along, and I'm holding Kara. And I'll never forget, Kara's my rambunctious one. She had the red hair. Still has it, right? She had the red hair, and I'm sitting there. I'm holding her. And I was like, oh, Lord, this one could break my heart probably. She's like, ah, you know. I remember holding her. And praying for her husband, and God gave her a good husband. That's a lot of prayer. A lot of thinking and thinking about their future and asking God, what will they look like? What will they be like? What will their future be? But let me tell you what I never did. I never hold my child and said, will they die? Not one parent does that. Not one my heart breaks for those that have lost children, especially around Christmas. But I want you to know that there is a God in heaven who loves you so much. And when he sent his son to the cross, he came through the manger. And Mary's holding that child. And remember the song, Mary, Did You Know? I'm going to tell you, I think Mary knew what was going on, but she didn't know what was going on. She knew he would save them from their sin, but she didn't totally understand it. She had all these little hints all along the way. But this gift of myrrh was one of the signs that tell us so we can understand the death of this little, this little baby would grow up to live a perfect life and die for our sins. I want you to think of Mary. Master Lucado has, has written this little prayer. He called it Mary's Prayer. Maybe Mary was thinking something like this as she was holding on to baby Jesus. Rest well, tiny hands. For though you belong to a king, you will touch no satin. You will own no gold. You will grasp no pen, guide no brush. No, your tiny hands are reserved for works more precious. To touch a leper's open wound, to wipe a widow's weary tear, to claw the ground of Christemony. Your hands, so tiny, so white, clutched tonight in an infant's fist. They aren't designed to hold a scepter nor wave from a palace balcony. They're reserved instead for a Roman spike that will staple them to a Roman cross. What kind of father would sacrifice his own son? And the answer is the Father in heaven who loves you so much that he sent his own son Jesus to pay the price for your sin 
to be buried and to rise again. Thanks be to God. He rose again. Amen. He rose again. So what do we see here? Matthew chapter 2 verse 10. Look what it says. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. There's two things they did here. Check this out. They saw the star. They rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Number one. I want you to catch this. How do you think exceeding great joy is? You think it was like, oh, bless the Lord. This is so wonderful. I couldn't be happier. Or was it, yeah! High-fiving. Can you imagine the Magi's high-fiving each other? Woo! You know, they're high-fiving each other. We've seen the Messiah. This is the coolest thing that ever happened. Oh, man, we heard about this from our forefathers, and, and we've been handed this scripture. We've studied this. We've followed. We can't believe it. We saw the stars. This is actually happening. They saw the whole thing to come together, and they're rejoicing with exceeding great joy. And I want to encourage you as a follower of Christ, do you have any joy? Sometimes I look at some Christians and it looks like they've been sucking on a bunch of lemons. You know, the world is so bad out there. I feel, you know, I just don't think it's going to get any better. No, it's not going to get any better. We know that. You don't have to sit there looking like that. You got to have some joy. I said this before, if you're happy, notify your face, you know. You've got to let the world know, you know. I mean, so many times, well, I'm just uh, happy. Rejoice. Now, if I came to you and said, I've got a million dollars, you'd tell me what exceeding joy is, wouldn't you? I mean, it's almost as happy as I was when I went into Royal King last night. You know? like, yeah, we're in Royal King. No, what is it? Tractor supply. Whatever it was, I went down there last night, and I got my free hat. So go over there. They're giving away free hats. I'm going to go in every day till they're gone. So anyhow, <coughs> I want you to catch this. Sometimes we get more excited over things that don't last, like a new iPhone, iWatch, iGarbage, compared to Jesus. Amen? Where's the joy? And listen, exceeding great joy is something that comes to our life that is so much deeper than your circumstances. When things aren't going right, I can have exceeding great joy. That's what the gift that God gives to us. That's the life that he gives. And look right here. Next verse there, next slide. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother. They bowed down and they worshipped him. Here's what they did. They worshipped the Lord. They fell down. They were in awe of who he is. And the word there, worshipped, is proskuneo. It's a, it's a word that means this. In Old English, we used to say worship. But the Greek means this, to give a kiss. To give a kiss. Uh, another, another way you can understand it is, is, is as a dog would lick your hand of the master. You know, when you go give a dog a treat, what's he do? He's all happy, right? He's all happy. He's slobbering all over you. 
Because you're his buddy. And God says, that's what I want you to do. I want you to worship me. I want you to blow kisses to me. I'll never forget, years ago, Sandy Walshek, who comes to our church, she had learned that. And she would took her, her giving, her, and when she would tithe, she would take her giving and she would kiss it. She was a big lipstick person. She put this big old red lipstick on there over the, over the seal of the envelope. She said, this is my worship to the Lord. And I want you to catch this because they didn't just get down and have an emotional moment and sing a song and it's over. They opened their treasures, the next part says. They opened their treasures. We'll throw the next slide up. They opened their treasures. They presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When you worship the Lord, I want, I want you to catch this. When you worship him, it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you emotionally. It's going to cost you relationally. It's going to cost your time, your talents. And as the wise men, they're treasures. If he is God, he gets everything. I come and I bow down and I worship him. And see, this is when I, if I'm truly giving him a kiss, man, I'm blowing a kiss to the Lord. It's not just all. I felt so good during that song. Man, it is, man, my life. He's got my life. He's given me new life. He's given me everything. So when I give my tithe and my offering, when we give to these missionaries, we're giving to the Lord, right? When we do this, man, this is so powerful because we are opening up our treasures. I give him the gold that I have. Give him our frankincense, our myrrh. I give to him what I have. And the Lord does the rest with it. But it's not about the gift. It's about the heart. And you've got to get down before the Lord and worship the Lord God Almighty. If he is really God, and he is, then he is so worthy of it all. Martin Luther was famous for this statement. Martin Luther said this. He said, there are three conversions that are necessary in a person's life. He said, the conversion of the heart, then the conversion of the mind. We would all agree with that. Our heart needs to be, God has got to change my heart. God's got to change my thoughts. And the conversion of the wallet. He continues on, he says that the third is usually the most difficult for most people. Man, we can all sing and cry during a song. But when it comes to your treasure, it comes to your time, your talents, God says, I want it all. You know, these wise men, you know, it took a lot of time. They had been studying this for years, and then they made a journey and followed a star. Who knows how long it was, but it was a massive journey for them to do on camel to get there. And then they come in, so it took their time. It took their talent. It took all their, all their skill. Listen, to be able to know, hey, this star is not part of this. This is something new. We, we got to... This is what we saw. This was foretold. I mean, it took all of their, their mental energy. It took everything about them. And then they could have been enough right there. They could have just showed up and said, oh, we're happy. They get down on their knees and they worship him. And they give him their treasures. And so today, we have been savoring for the last three weeks these gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I'm just going to read to you one more letter here. This is from Max Lucado as we consider and savor Christmas. 
He calls this the Christmas letter. It's Christmas night. The house is quiet. Even the crackle has gone from the fireplace. Warm coals issue a lighthouse glow in the darkened den. Stockings hang empty on the mantel. The tree stands naked in the corner. Christmas cards, tinsel, memories remind, remind Christmas night of Christmas Day. And what a day it's been. Spiced tea, cranberry sauce. Thank you so much. You shouldn't have. Grandma's on the phone. It fits perfectly. Flashing cameras. It's Christmas night. The midnight, the midnight hour has chimed, and I should be asleep, but I'm awake. I'm kept awake by one stunning thought, that the world was different this week. It was temporarily transformed. It was temporarily, temporarily transformed. The magical dust of Christmas glittered on the cheeks of humanity ever so briefly, reminding us of what is worth having and what we were intended to be. It is Christmas night. In a few hours, the cleanup will begin. The lights will come down. Trees will be thrown out. Size 36 will be exchanged for size 40. Eggnog will be on sale for half price. Soon, life will be normal again. December's generosity will become January's payments. The magic will begin to fade. But for the moment, the magic is still in the air. Maybe that's why I'm still awake. I want to savor the Spirit just a bit more. I want to pray that those who beheld Him today will look for Him next August. And I can't help but linger on one fanciful thought. If He can do so much with such timid prayers lamely offered in December, how much more could He do if we thought of Him every day? Gold. We've been savoring this gold gift for the King. Frankincense. The gift of a high priest. He's our king. He's a high priest. And myrrh, the gift of our sacrifice. He is our sacrifice. One of the things about myrrh is this. When you crush it, it has the best smell is going to come when it's crushed. When that resin is crushed and it's pulverized, that's when the smell comes the best. And I want you to remind, remember this. Isaiah 53, 5 says this, that he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. He was crushed. The Savior, the, the sweet smell in the middle of the crushing was that your sacrifice has been paid. The punishment that brought us peace, what you deserve, that punishment was laid on Jesus. And by his wounds, we are healed. Let's close in prayer. With our heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, I want to invite you to Jesus. I want to invite you to worship him. I want to invite you to, to blow kisses to him, to, to truly give of your heart to worship him today. Maybe you're here and you've not trusted Christ as your Savior. Let today be the day that you open your heart and trust Him. You can pray something like this, just real quietly. You don't have to open your mouth, just quietly between you and God. Just pray something like this. Dear God, thank you for sending Jesus, your only Son, to pay for my sin. 
Thank you that you were buried and that you rose again. I invite you into my life right here and right now. Thank you for being my sacrifice. Thank you for the gift of eternal life. And with our heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, maybe you're a follower of Christ. And I want to ask you today, will you open your heart to adore him? Will you ask the Lord to teach you how to worship him so much more than a song, so much more than a few minutes in church? It's a life. It's who he is. He's so worthy of your time, your talent, your treasure. He's worthy of everything. Would you bow down and worship him? Father God, we thank you for the greatest gift of all, Jesus Christ. And by Jesus Christ, you have given us eternal life. God, I pray you'll put your hand upon us, Lord, as we seek to worship you and to honor and bless your holy name. Lord, take us through this next week and give us the view of the manger with the shadow of the cross. all just stand together. We're going to dim the lights in the house, take down the house lights, take down the lights on the stage. Let's all stand together. And today I'd like to just close our service just by singing, Oh, come, let us adore him. Let's just sing this. I want to ask you today, would you just spend a few moments, like those wise men, just bow your heart before the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. We'll praise your name forever. We'll praise your name forever. We'll praise your name forever. Christ the Lord, for he alone is worthy. For he people said amen. Hey, I want to thank you for being here today. I want to just give you a few reminders. Number one, on Christmas Eve, we'll be here 2, 4, and 6 p.m. Take a service of your choice. Invite a friend, a family. Tell somebody in the community to come on out. 2, 4, and 6, and then we'll be back here Sunday next week. Is at 10 o'clock. Only one service on Sunday. Uh, Sunday morning, if you want to bring your kids in your PJs, I'm encouraging that, okay? 
If you want to wear your PJs, that's your problem. But your kids can wear them, and they'll be very happy. We're going to have a family service, one service, and then the same thing on, on uh, January the 1st as well. On your way out today, grab, if there's any leftover, goodies in the foyer, cupcakes, cookies, all that. It's a wonderful day. I want to thank you for being a wonderful church family. God bless you. You are dismissed. Dark room in silence, fuel imagination. Tonight the stars shine bright and spell my name. The winter cold chill blows away and bonfire fire warms my heart under the night sky. I'm drifting off in the deep of the valley. Your presence surrounds me The crickets sing and trees ring And I want to let you know that River water runs steady flow And it flows free and in control Your hand leaves its evidence all on this earth As I lay here and ponder on All creation, you made it all
reveal his face Cause words, they don't do your power much justice It's too great, too great to be bound By little letters we make up And it's funny that we sometimes think we understand the fullness of your glory By calling you this and that But the reality is that we can't fully comprehend How you can be all of who you are And think of us Job is to understand why. I think all that I'm supposed to do 